All right. Uh, welcome to Learn Easy Cast, episode 11, Rico. We've made it to episode 11. <laughs> Could you believe it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're working on it. We're working on it. Um, as always, we like to start with our segment of um, what's on your mind. Um, so, yeah, well, uh, I kind of start off, but I think yeah. you know, talking, uh, you know, pre pre show, you know, something that's on probably a lot of people's mind. But what's been on your mind, Pat? Oh, um, yeah. Uh, what happened January sixth is on my mind. What I witnessed, uh, obviously from a distance in Germany, shocked me a bit. But I wasn't like truly surprised. I was just a little saddened by this kind of protest that devolved into a riot and and cost people's lives you know uh, uh, and for some reason i don't understand no i actually i understand that donald trump actually allowed this to happen and he is responsible and he should be impeached and uh, i see that uh, the impeachment proceedings will occur very rapidly which is good because you don't want the people to forget I heard that Mitch McConnell wanted to reschedule the impeachment proceedings for a month from now, basically. I think they decided on February 8th. Yes, yes. So so it's happening, you know, much faster than the Republicans would like. But I think at the end of the day, I mean, I know maybe you need to get somebody who's going to be on trial time to, you know, get his team together or whatever. But I... I just don't know how much hope I hold out really for 17 Republicans to vote in favor of impeachment, you know, um, or ousting, whatever the correct term is. He's already been impeached, but, you know, in regards. That's an excellent point, Rico. Uh, Donald Trump still runs the Republican Party uh, from a distance. Uh, So in a sense, uh, if they do choose, if you find 17 Republicans that choose to impeach him, they are basically risking their political careers. And that that would show some courage, though, right? And I would love to see that. But uh, I don't think very many politicians, especially on the Republican side, are known to be courageous and uh, uh, able to stand up to Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, I think, I, I think on some levels, if there are not 17, let's say there are 16 or fewer, mm-hmm. I think those 16 the the aftermath would be especially difficult if there are 17 it could perhaps be political suicide it could be an end to their political careers but i think at least it would set the tone of what side of the aisle they're on and what they feel is best for the republican party not that i associate with that side of politics but i think you know um, i've even heard that mitch mcconnell is is really feeling in personal conversations like he wants him removed only time will tell, right? We never know. I think that's the one thing I've learned is that, you know, when it comes to predictions, I didn't think that the two Georgia senators were going to win, uh, you know, elections. So, you know, mm-hmm. what's going to happen in 2021 is if there's a real new hope in, yep. in the air and just so many. And, and so if that brings you to my, what's on my mind. Oh, yeah, um, tell me. Yes. I know you're in Germany, eight hours ahead of Mountain Standard Time, six hours ahead of Eastern Standard Time. So, yes. you know, it was 10 o'clock in the morning my time, so it was probably in the evening for you, right? So yes. being the inaugural youth poet laureate, Amanda mm-hmm. Gorman, 22 years old, African-American from L.A., who coincidentally, I'm a twin. She's a twin. Oh, uh, I didn't know this. Okay, cool. Yeah, so Amanda Gorman <coughs> went to uh, film school in UCLA. 
But what's really interesting, I think, is, I mean, apart from giving a, a fantastic performance that was just so poignant, she was just so, it was not just about the poetry, but it was her performance. I, I guess you kind of came from the slam poetry world as well. Yeah, that's wonderful, yeah. You say, but how you say it. And uh, just, it was just a beautiful uh, recital. You know, I think she just really said what needed to be said at the time. And, uh, you know, what's really interesting about Amanda Gorman, in addition to, of course, being a super talented poet and, and wordsmith and, and whatnot, is, is that she actually had a speech impediment. Um, oh, oh, I didn't know this. Even really, even through some of her college years, she said she had trouble, uh, tro uh, problems and, and trouble pronouncing certain sounds. And just in my line of work, working with language, I found yeah. that. And even myself, I've had a little bit, I wouldn't necessarily say a stutter, but at times just some, some issues at times gathering my thoughts or being able to say what I want. So mm -hmm. I it was really especially profound to have somebody who's had her own personal struggles mm -hmm. with to be able to be just so confident and, and just deliver this performance that was just otherworldly. And I think that's just what the world needed, you know? Exactly. And I, I heard a lot of commentary um, from my colleagues here in Germany, and they were just so impressed with her and her, how she basically became the star of this whole inauguration, really. And, um, and they're looking forward to seeing her be very successful. Apparently, her books have sold out, even though they haven't been published yet. Yeah. She's a tour de force, and I think that uh, she has aspirations herself of politics. She wants to run for president in 2036. So, you know, it's great to see young people who are doing amazing things, people of color, women yes. of color. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I feel like there's just a new hope, right? That's like the, the tagline of, of 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess the last thing on my mind is just mm -hmm. the uh, Bernie, uh, Bernie Sanders meme. <laughs> Classic. The grumpy, the grumpy chic. Yes. There with the mittens yeah. and how that's kind of, you know, been the new, like the cat meme that was, it, you know. Exactly. 20, I guess, maybe, or is that 2019? I don't even remember. But um, yeah, man. So it's, there's just a new hope. Yeah, exactly. He's been immortalized in this way. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you want to say something else, Pat? No, no. I think, uh, what do you think? Uh, are we ready? Yeah, I think it's just a good time to transition, right, to yeah. our weekly. Uh, or not, excuse me, our, our segment of interviewing um, interesting guests. And this yeah. interview, really exciting interview, this uh, episode yeah. with uh, Marla's Meinhofer. So let's let's go to the interview and learn all about what she's been able to accomplish in her young life. And let's see what we can, you know, all learn from her, uh, her expertise. Yep, let's do it. Welcome to our Experts Corner, where we interview a wide range of guests who have, you know, incredible backgrounds. And today I'm very happy to introduce Mara Liz Meinhofer, who is a certified public accountant and founder of Financial Clarity Academy. Financial Clarity is an online academy that teaches everyday people a simple six-step system to help them manage and organize their personal finances. Twice in her life, crises knocked on Mara's door, and she was able to handle crises differently given that each time she had more than $100,000 saved and no credit card debt. Wow. When Mara realized that those around her hardly had $1,000 in savings, she decided to teach others the exact same no more budgets formula that she created to save more than $200,000 while she was a salaried employee. Mara or Mara 
Liz Meinhofer has an MBA in finance and a bachelor's in business administration and accounting. She's a certified money coach, certified financial education instructor, financial therapist, TEDx speaker, and international keynote speaker. Uh, thank you so much, Mara, for coming on to our show. We like to just jump right into the questions, but uh, again, thank you so much for coming aboard. Very happy to be here. Congratulations, guys, for this initiative. I love loving it. And so we're just going to jump right in. And, uh, you know, I think I, as well as our audience, would love to know two questions right off the bat. Where are you from and what languages do you speak? I am born and raised in Puerto Rico. Right now I'm in Puerto Rico. You can see the background here from my window. I speak English, Spanish, basic French, and I'm starting to learn Portuguese. Oh, <laughs> Oh, so oh, you're great. starting to learn Portuguese. Uh, why uh, are you based in Puerto Rico or in Portugal or Brazil, maybe? So I, I, I yeah, yeah. So I got recently married a month ago, and oh, my husband lives in Portugal, oh. and I live in Puerto Rico. So oh. part of the arrangement was to spend time in both together in both places. So I'm spending some a couple of months of the year in Portugal. So that's why I'm learning Portuguese as well, and he's learning Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Okay. And so, you know, you're probably very aware, but our, our podcast, our, our, our cast is really for um, expats, people who are learning languages, and really anybody who wants to learn anything that they're not uh, experts on. So certainly your background and being an expert on financial management and personal finance is really interesting. But, you know, what are some of the pluses and minuses of being an expat, right? You said that you kind of split time between Portugal and, and, and Puerto Rico. Uh, what, are, what, what do you find those pluses and minuses to be? You know, I, 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 I love this question. It's fascinating because I think that sometimes, you know, the expat life is great, but it's romanticized. And sometimes not many people speak about the potential downsides, right, of, of, mm -hmm. of being an expat. And let me tell you, this lifestyle is by choice. I have chosen to be an expat. I always wanted to live in Europe. God gave me... I or whatever name we want to call him, you know, a great man who lives in Europe. So it mm -hmm. just happened that we have, you know, we decided to spend time in Puerto Rico and, and uh, in this case, in, in Portugal as well, right? So it's by design. It's what I want in my life. All my, I want the freedom. I love the exploration. My business, everything is built around that. However, it does bring some layers of complications, as I'm sure you guys know. So just to give you a couple of examples. So... Mm -hmm. Right now, my main client base is an Eastern time, Eastern time zone in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And I spent COVID in Portugal. Oh. So I was teaching my students at midnight Portugal time and 7 p.m. Puerto Rico time. Wow. For weeks. So that was exhausting, right? So dealing yeah. with the time difference, the time zone, and, and not just the time zone, you know, it's very important for me because I, I teach finance. So I want to come energetic and happy and ecstatic. So at my midnight, you know, I have to show up like fully present and that, that can be a little bit exhausting. Um, trying to find places to work from. So I work from home, right? And sometimes before COVID times, right? It would be really nice to explore the city and work from cafes. But that also has its downside. It sounds like really beautiful, but you go to this one, the Wi-Fi is not working, you don't speak the language, you have to leave after 30 minutes, and then you walk and start raining. Yes. Oh, wow, wow. So <laughs> it has, yeah, up, like, like you said, ups and downs. <laughs> uh, understood. Uh, so at the moment, uh, you said something very interesting, right? You, you're, you're teaching a lot of courses in finance at the moment, right? So... Um, 
let's let's go before we get into those courses we want to learn about your origin story like how how did you learn how to be so good with money you know when did you get into that you know <laughs> listen guys i always love to spend that's where everything's coming from <laughs> i love to spend i love to travel you know I, i i love the freedom that money gives me and that's something that i just had it in me as an as, as someone that's curious and passionate i want to have options and know so money helps you do that so being from that coming from that place of freedom i was also it was just things just honestly aligned very easily for me because i'm very good with numbers the, one of the things that i love the most i absolutely love numbers so ever since i was very young i was counting my money <laughs> without anyone asking me to do it right and yeah. then when the It's crazy, right? And then when the Excel spreadsheets came out, like more than 20 years ago, yeah. I would play my computer, like you know, with these worksheets, and I would play with numbers. So I would play with my money. So how much came in? How much came out? So I was just playing around, and that combination of those two things, you know, unintentionally led me to saving a lot of money. I created my own formula to save money. I was saving money. I was spending money. So it was just, to be honest, just my my personality traits and the things that I liked and I loved led me to save money and then want to teach about it. Yeah, that's the summary, the summary, very, very cliff note version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a very nice cliff note. Uh, Reeks. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a great segue into my next question. So clearly you had a lot of um, just, I think, natural curiosity and it sounds like you just innately had this curiosity with numbers and, and, and wanting to know how money works, but Did you have any mentors um, along the way, uh, whether that be people or books or really any exposure to personal finance? Or was this really just through independent experience and just kind of figuring out things on your own and just sort of like, you know, constantly editing and, and having your little laboratory, if you will, of, of perfecting your little formula? You know what's crazy? That so my formal education, I have a bachelor's in accounting, a business, you know, a business degree in accounting, have a master's in finance. I am a certified public accountant and no one ever gave me a personal finance class. Oh, that's strange. Right. You know, so then, and this is something that I love sharing with the public because I, I want people to know, like, listen, no one teaches us about these things. And I tell them, not even myself, I am a professional in this field mm -hmm. and I did not receive any, any education around this. Just, you know, for purposes of closing the loop, what happens with this, uh, These three examples that I gave you is that they teach you how to manage the finances of a business. Okay. That's what you learn when you study accounting and finance in college. And that's what you learn when you become a certified public accountant, how to handle the finances of business. But the finances of your business are completely different than the finances than your personal finances. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get any formation around my personal finances. So as Rico was saying, It was a combination. I had my own laboratory of how things worked for me. And then with time, I created my own formula. Things were working for me. It was very homemade, nothing, you know, too sophisticated. I was just saving money and spending money. And then at some point, I had some very difficult moments in life that led me to do the shift of saying, hey, you have to share this. You've okay. been the benefits for so long. The people around you need to know this because if no one taught you, no one taught them. And at that point, I started getting more formal education. I read, I've read more than 50 books around personal finance, and I made sure that I could build a very solid proposition, which is mainly my homemade system 
but you know with the with the all these different contributions on how to make it better yeah wow oh wow okay uh i want to go back a little bit because you 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 i know in your tedx you speak about some of the things that inspired you um to teach others um but do you want to talk about uh, one of those particular moments uh, uh just just so that our audience gets a little taste i mean they should check out the tedx but you know it it, it would be good yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I did I did a TEDx talk, and the name is How to Get Yourself Out of Crisis. And mm -hmm. if, if anyone is anyone's interested, that's the URL to find it, How to Get Yourself Out of Crisis. And what happened, I can speak about that now. This is the thing. we Studies say that we will experience five to seven traumatic events in life. And I'm not talking about money right now. Let's put money you know, on the side. I'm just talking about life. You know, five to seven traumatic events that can go from losing your job, you know, having a, you know, a difficult illness, losing someone that you love, you know, all this divorce, having children, you know, not that it's traumatic, but they're very, they have a lot of impact in your life, right? So what happened was I lived a very healthy, beautiful life, generally speaking, easy, healthy. I was raised in a very healthy, you know, home. And when I had my first crisis, I had my first, no, I had two, but this, this really, really, really significant. I was in my late thirties and it just devastated me. So the, the, the story that I share in the talk is how I overcame that crisis. And it's a very personal story. I'm going to do the cliff note version. Yeah. I was in a, I was in a, I was in a relationship. It all starts, my story starts with love. <laughs> I was in a relationship and uh, things started getting a little bit odd. I was not sure what was going on, but you know, it was like, uh, and then, you know, the long story short, I, I suddenly discovered that my partner, he was going behind my back and he was, he was having a relationship with an escort. He was sleeping with an escort. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> devastating. Yeah. And that just completely shook my, 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 my life, my everything. Right. And, and because, you know, because thank God I had, I didn't have that many hard experiences in life before. I didn't know necessarily how to handle it. Right. So then what happened at that moment is that I had to take an entire year for myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to go to therapy. I had to see my family. I could not get out of bed. You know, it was like really traumatizing. And at that time, you know, when that happened, I looked at my bank account, you know, and I had more than $130,000 saved. Mm -hmm. You know, wow. so that's the crisis connects with the money, right? And, yeah. and there were still lessons I needed to go through. Right. Because I, I, I do believe that all crisis, they're trying to teach us something. But the fact that I had all that amount in savings, you know, I could I could I, I didn't work for a year. You know, I could pay for the therapy that I wanted to pay. I could I spent two months in Mexico. I spent time in Miami. I spent two months in Europe because really I love to travel. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, went to see, I went to see my mother. I went to see my best friend, you know. So I do believe that when that we can help ourselves. You know, we can help ourselves because life is life is not is not always easy. We all know this by experience, and it's re you can make it easier for yourself if at, if at least you have some money saved. You don't need to have one hundred thousand dollars saved, but at least have some money saved. It does bring a freedom and cushion and, and peace. So that was one of one of the reasons when I said, okay, 
I need to teach this because it's helped me so much. And I knew looking around me from my sisters, my family, my friends, they could be served by this. You know, they can also, they should, they should learn what I've learned. So that's, that's part of, of why I decided to, so I had, I had, a, I had my entire career in corporate and the mm -hmm. government, and then I did the shift and that's when I decided to start my own business, which today is a financial education company. And I have been at it for, it's going to be my fifth year now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, well thank you for being, being willing to share such a personal story. I think that, um, I think we can all relate to personal crises and trauma. And I think it's really interesting to kind of think about it in this notion of we are, we're going to experience maybe five to seven of these, maybe some fewer, some more. Mm -hmm. But um, it's really amazing that you have really been able to not only over, overcome that, but to really thrive and, and to, you know, create what you've created. And so uh, the question I was going to ask you is, you know, what are some tips or suggestions you have for the audience? But maybe you have one tip for how to overcome crisis and maybe one tip in getting started and learning about um, better personal finance, financial management, personal finances. Absolutely. I love this. Okay. So first I would love to share a tip on how to overcome crisis that has nothing to do with finance. Mm. It's just my very hard learned experiences. Okay. Um, and, and tons of money invested in therapy and support. Okay. <laughs> so one of, one, one of the things that I've, that I've learned is that when you encounter yourself with the challenging unexpected moment, let's define crisis as something that's unexpected right? Something that really helped me was the questions that you ask yourself during that crisis. And I'm going to give you an example. Those questions can, not can, they will shape how you either thrive or just stay mirrored in that crisis. So for example, let's say that, you know, you suddenly, you, your boss calls you and say that you're fired, right? So, yeah. which has happened, you know, yeah, you know, many of us, I've lost my job too. You know, yeah. many of us have lost our jobs in different, different contexts, right? So, yeah. but it's very different when you, when that happens, if you ask yourself, how did I contribute to this? You know, and that's a very powerful question because that question, that question allows you to see what you could have done better. So you do not repeat it in the future. Okay, it's not about blame. It's not, oh, I did this because I'm just so dumb. That's not going to take you anywhere. It's not about blame. It's about taking responsibility. Mm -hmm. And even if the answer to that question is, I got fired, but I had nothing to do with it. Let's say it was COVID. Let's take the example of COVID. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I got fired. It was due to COVID. I didn't have any responsibility in me getting fired. However, you can always dig deeper. Did they fire everyone at my level? Or it was five accountants, let's say I'm an accountant, and they only fired me. Why did they keep the other four? Could mm -hmm. I have had a better performance? Mm -hmm. You know, could I have, you know, you, it's always important to know what your role is. So with that, you know, what I'm giving you is an example of the questions that you ask yourself are very powerful. Because if you ask yourself, why did this happen to me? Why? It turns into a victim, a victim of circumstances why that external thing happened to me. I am the victim and I'm powerless versus what did I do, right? It's a completely different question that can help you learn from that crisis and get out of it. Very painful. 
Yeah. It's really painful. Mm-hmm. It's extremely painful that you want to stay in that pain for three years or you want to stay in that pain the amount necessary and just move on to the next, you know? So asking your question about uh, what do I recommend when it comes to uh, one question, one thing that I would recommend the audience around how to handle crisis mm-hmm. is be very mindful of the questions you ask yourself. Okay. okay. That's a great question. And then if you don't mind sharing just one tip about personal finance as well. I mean, you know, obviously you built a, uh, it sounds like a, a whole career or at least, you know, your own business now. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you're, of course, very aware of financial difficulties people are having now, especially due to COVID and the pandemic, especially in the United States and specifically in Puerto Rico. But what is maybe one tip that you think could help people in this time of crisis, but related to personal finance? Ask for help, get help, you know, because Again, you know, there's a lot of, this is the thing when it comes to money and not being smart with your money, there's a lot of shame and guilt and anxiety around that. And we all think about money all the time. It's just that we don't talk about it. True. Very true. You know, you don't, you don't really go, you know, you don't go into your Christmas dinner and ask, you know, your brother-in-law, hey man, you know, how much do you have in debt? You know, it, it's, it's not a sexy conversation. And then what happens is that we, it's such a difficult topic and we how do you say how do you say it in english but under the rock when you exactly have, exactly yeah the yeah you have to sweep it sweep it under the rug exactly so you, you sweep it under you, the rug you sweep it under the rug and then what happens you start thinking i am a mess i am the only one that's going through this you know and then you start blaming yourself and first of all 99 percent of the population is going through it because none of us got any education our own finance okay so first of all grant yourself some grace it is what it is. No one taught you. But now that you granted yourself some grace, then you can do something about it. And even if you didn't learn anything about school, there's so many resources out there. So many. You know, so try to overcome the fact that, ooh, personal finance is not sexy. It's not sexy, but having money is, you know, and having <laughs> no credit card debt is, right? I mean, you can help you sleep at night. So the one thing I would say is get some help. Don't be afraid to ask. You know, and just go to Google. There's blogs, books, courses, seminar, and and something just to, to wrap up, right? Uh, really, really important in regards to this topic is mm. there's many people speaking about personal finance. Yeah, it's not new. It's just like speaking about health, mm-hmm. right? But what happens is that I I, I had a mentor who said um, there's no unique messages. There's unique messengers. Yes, very good, very good. Yeah. Yeah. There's no unique messages. There's unique messengers. So whatever I teach about personal finance is not going to be a brand new discovery, Mm -hmm. but your vibe attracts your tribe. Exactly. You know, find someone who speaks your language because I do believe that. I know you guys also deal with the instructors and teaching and learning. I do believe that the Mm -hmm. instructor has a responsibility to really transmit the education to their students, right? So find an instructor that resonates with you. And when you find that click, you're gonna learn personal finance. And once you learn it, you cannot unlearn it. It's done. It's like brushing your teeth. It's done next, you know, focus on living your life now. Oh, that's an excellent piece of uh, piece of advice, Myra. It's just, you know, right on point because uh, I, I have that feeling that, uh, our goal with Learn Easy is to introduce our audience to great experts, teachers, and instructors, and uh, and we believe that that's the best way to learn through helping you know them connect with 
people that they can um, feel really close to and uh, and it, it helps with the learning process right absolutely um, yeah, absolutely. I agree. That. That's why I'm so happy to be here. And I congratulate you because there's so much knowledge that we can share with each other, right? We're all little experts on something that no one else is. So I can be served by what Patrick teaches, by what Rico teaches, you know? So mm -hmm. having these platforms where people can know what's available for them, it does change his lives, you know? So. Awesome. And, and so to get to, you know, kind of the end of our little interview here, I, I wanted to ask you about this project that you were working on. You told me it was a top secret and, and you wanted to talk about it. Uh, it had something to do with helping your countrymen in Puerto Rico. Uh, can you give us a little bit of a hint of how that project's going and, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's a, uh, oh my God, today I'm just completely forgetting all the saying, something about luck makes opportunity or opportunity meets luck, something around that. I don't remember what the saying is, but um, mm -hmm. so I, 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 had, I developed my own online course in English and Spanish. I've been teaching and testing it for five years, right? Mm -hmm. Slowly, slowly. First, you start with one person mm -hmm. you go to five, 10, 50, 100, 200, you know, you keep, you keep growing. Yes. And now you know it reached a point that i have graduated thousands of students i wow. have a product that works right because i've been fine-tuning over the years you know because what works for me may not work for patrick if yeah. patrick is, you know in the example if patrick is my student i need to build something that helps him right yeah. so i've been fine-tuning my product and then what happened was that covid hit and what happened with covid not everyone is going to get infected by the virus, but everyone's finances have been affected. Yeah. Right? So now there's tons of statistics, people saying, you know, that they believe that the, the, the COVID crisis, more than a, a health crisis, has been a financial crisis. So this was my opportunity to serve, wow. right? Because I have one of the things that people need. It's proven, it's tested, I'm ready. I've been in the online space for a year. This is not new for me, you know, mm -hmm. it's not my rodeo so what happened is to make the long story short is you know when, when the covid crisis hit i was like how can i help my people i'm from puerto rico and i was mm -hmm. in portugal and all my material was mostly in english i was not even i was doing very little stuff in spanish mm -hmm. but when covid hit i was like I, I i need to help my people you know my island is this small and not you know united states is big there's so many people speaking personal finance in the united states but in puerto rico i was like there's no one mm -hmm. i have a with my people and I started doing free videos, just explaining like the tax incentives, you know, like the, the, not the tax incentive, the COVID incentives, you know, the yeah. $1,200, all that kind of stuff. Great. And, and those videos got me 400,000 views. Wow. Wow. For free. I was just in the middle of COVID. I was not making any money at the time because I was not selling anything. I was just teaching, 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 helping, helping, helping. 400,000 views. I didn't, before that, I haven't even had 500 views in the video. Wow. You know? So Amazing. then what happened? Yeah, when I had that exposure, right? And I was, I was started being recognized in Puerto Rico. We created an opportunity with a not-for-profit organization, you know, and at that moment we said, I said, hey, I have what our people need. I have this course. How can we make it accessible to them? Both, you know, make, let's make it cheaper. So mm -hmm. because people don't have any money right now, would you sponsor the course so people can afford it? Mm -hmm. Let's teach them Spanish and let's go knock every single door on TV and radio so they speak about this course. Wow. And God, that's exactly what happened. 
we got the money, every single TV channel in Puerto Rico, you know, we had tons of press and coverage. And at that point, we helped uh, 500 families. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's amazing, Mara. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm super happy. And now for 2021, I have a couple more of those. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it just, it's been an incredible interview for us. So we really appreciate your taking the time out of your, your day. I know, obviously, right now with everything that's going on, especially, it's, it's tough. We really enjoyed learning a lot about you as a person, your background, and your. we appreciate your tips. Uh, if people want to uh, know more about you and your program, how can they get in contact with you? Yes, so they can find information at financialclarityacademy.com. Again, financialclarityacademy.com. And the other link that we mentioned before was my TEDx talk that doesn't have anything to do with money, which is that terrible situation. And that one, sorry, that one is how to get yourself out of crisis.com. Uh, it couldn't be more apropos, I think, with everything going on in the world. So, I mean, this has just been, I think, two things that people can really relate to, you know, personal finance and how to better manage your money, especially in times like now where it's a pandemic, it's a crisis and how to get out of crisis. So thank you so much, Mara, for coming, uh, coming on Thanks, to our Mara. show. We really appreciate uh, this. Um, Patrick, did you have any additional questions you wanted to ask? Uh, I, after, after we finish the, the, the video, um, then we'll I'll ask one more question. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Mara. Uh, really appreciate it. Okay. My pleasure. Delighted to be here. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks. Wow, that's got to be one of the best interviews to date, without a doubt. I, I think Mara is a very accomplished woman, uh, very obviously successful and intelligent, you know, and to see what she's doing with her community is really, I think, extra special, especially at this time when there's so much happening in the world that's, that doesn't seem to be going right. But um, that brings us to an end of another great show. Yep. Kat, I love uh, working with you, of course, and, and yep. continuing to find these amazing guests that you and your team um, in Germany are, are bringing to the table in forefront. Thank you, Rico. Yeah, I'm really excited for the next episode and our next guest. So, but that's it for this week's episode. Yep. Uh, Keep learning easy. <laughs> okay, ciao, guys.